Welcome to Let's Explore This, your weekly podcast featuring three Sigma bros. I'm your host, Kevin, along with my co-host, Sam. Just a second, I gotta close my Instagram. <laughs> Tonight, it's just gonna be uh, me and Sam hanging out, so uh, get ready for another spectacular episode. Yeah, we're at it again, just the two of us. Adam is planning his big day, so next week our boy becomes a man, and uh, he's a little preoccupied. Understandable, and sure. <laughs> Sure, there's a lot going on. This episode, we want to uh, kind of thank some of our listeners out there. Um, we call him Brew. He's been uh, a pretty big fan of us since he started listening like three weeks ago or whatever. Love and... you, big man. Big guy. <laughs> Love you, big he is, guy. He's, his co- he's coined himself as an explorer, and he's saying that we should use explorers as our, our audience. Call them explorers. Oh, um, I like not... that. <laughs> So, so right now, uh, we have one explorer. His name is Brew. Until we can deliberate whether or not we want to uh, blanket term that. Um, but anyway, uh, when we were talking about spooky, scary stories, Sam uh, had mentioned to send in your story. So uh, we have a story from Brew. He sent it to our email. Let's explore this pod at gmail.com. So if anyone wants to send us some love or hate mail or a spooky story, send it to let's explore this pod at gmail.com. I will be reading all the hate mail, so go ahead and <laughs> throw your best at me. Yeah, we'll have Wednesday night rage sessions where we read hate mail and just start screaming. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so here, here's from Bruce. This is a scary story he was talking about when he was 10. Um, he said, way back in the day when I was around 10, I had my first experience. Ooh, this kind of sounds like a letter to Penthouse or Playboy, actually. <laughs> uh, all right, back to the story. I woke up in the middle of the night feeling rather parched, so I headed towards the living room. My father always had a 32-ounce jug of water that he would sip on but rarely finish before bed. I reached the water and started drinking like a champ. Once my thirst was sufficiently quenched, I headed towards my room. As soon as I was parallel with the basement door, it slammed shut. My inner monologue was just screaming, nope, 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 nope. As I made a beeline back to my room, right before I slid in, I heard both my parents snoring away. I told a septic co-worker, I don't, I don't think you meant to say septic. <laughs> Separate. Brew doesn't, oh yeah. I told a co-worker the story once. They told me they would assume it was somebody who snuck in or who was, who was always there, quietly living in the walls. <laughs> so, yeah, I guess Brew has a, Bruce, Bruce still living with the ghost. He's still there. So the, so the ghost slammed the door on him? Is that it? Yes. I think he brought up his parents snoring away because it was just him and his parents in the house. That's So, uh, yeah. God, that would freak me out. I know. There's a... There's a story out there about, it's called like, um, people call it like the watcher. It happened not that long ago where, uh, this couple moved into like, it was like a ritzy neighborhood. I don't remember where, but they would get like letters, um, saying like they're watching the house and like, it's like the letters said that like, it is like the, the house's watcher and like would mention it's like children and like that it's watching like the children and stuff. So like people thought like, they're like living in the walls or something. Like, Jeez. Yeah, it was like a, it was like an older house, like an older, bigger house, and they like spent a ton of money at it, and they just got like these weird letters. And yeah. when he, that that just made me think of like when you said like somebody living in the walls, kind of spooky. 
That is spooky. Do you remember the the doll in Janesville? No. All right. So there's this doll that was... So Janesville is between Wasika and Mankato. And uh, there was a doll inside of this house that they would put... It was like an old-timey doll. And they put it in the... I don't don't like that picture. (laughs) The attic window. And you could see it all the time. Uh, every time you walked by it, and the story was that um, a family lived there, and a little girl hung herself, and then, like after they buried her or whatever, the doll just appeared in the window, and they never took it down. What? Yeah, there's a I forget. There's like a small town uh, in southeast Minnesota. I forget which town it is, but there's like dolls that they place it on like all the windows, like facing the street. Yeah. So like as you pass the house, like you just see like five dolls like staring out the window at you. It's freaky. Dolls are freaky. Wow. Yeah, this this doll was in that window. Like I used to go to Mankato a lot cuz we had family there. And so we'd see it every time we went there before they built the new 14. But the guy died in 2012, so now the doll is in the library in Janesville. And I did hear that he uh they had a time capsule where he put the reason why the doll was there the owner of the house, but they're not opening it until like after we would be dead already. I wonder if there's like a presence around the doll. Like if you like went near the doll, would like you get the heebie-jeebies? Kind of <laughs> shiver a little bit? Kinda. I mean, I remember seeing the thing and just being like, that's weird. It's, it's so bizarre. <laughs> just being that troll in town, like just <laughs> getting everybody all hot and bothered. It's like the people who like dress up as clowns and just like randomly like start walking around exactly acting all creepy stop doing that people there's yeah. no reason there's no reason for that i i mean it sounds like people actually liked this guy in janesville but i i don't feel especially the clown did a clown guy did that i don't think they'd be very popular yeah i like so like you're saying he's like he's like they think he's an honest man like he wouldn't just you know be trolling them it's just something like that, it's it's a big goof and gaff you know he's just oh. giving you a little spook you know just a little word just a just a just a little scare just a yeah. start a little startle and no big deal ward went that's his name ward went oh, that's just old ward <laughs> well thanks brew for sending that story that's yeah thank you story. any if any listeners have stories similar to that or any other kind of spooky story or yeah. ufo encounters please uh actually uh send that in Send in your stories, everybody. Send in your stories to let's explore this pod at gmail.com and I will read it on the air as best I can. Do you want do you want to hear about my encounter? Another another time. You had another encounter? Uh did I ever tell you about the time that my dad and I saw a UFO? No. Oh. Yeah, it was kind of weird. Like we were driving back. I went on like a ride along with him. He he traveled for his work and we were coming back back home from wherever it was it was like the middle of the night and we looked over and we saw like this little like dot that was kind of like bouncing around Mm -hmm. and you could tell that it was like high enough in the sky but it was underneath the clouds and it would kind of just like just vanish and then come back and then vanish and then come back and it was like it lasted about like i'd say like we noticed it for like over five minutes i think and then it just kind of disappeared wow yeah i want to believe did you get anal probed with your dad (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> did, did not <laughs> although they do say that your memory gets erased after oh. you have an encounter so who knows what happened <laughs>
Wow, that's crazy. I yeah, I've never seen anything a UFO. I have not seen a UFO, but my only experience is that shadow people thing that I talked about on the uh, spooky scary podcast, which is spooky enough. I know. See, my I, I, some background to that. What I think it was, and I didn't ex- share this at the time. So I worked at a truck stop, and the truckers would sleep out there sometimes. And one day before I started working there, a trucker died in his sleep out in our parking lot. And so I think his ghost was haunting the quick trip. Oh, really? Oh, my yeah, God. Be- because, like, you know, the shadow people thing happened. And then I would, like, randomly, like, buns would fall off the shelf. And, like, all this weird shit would happen back in the kitchen. And maybe he got mad that, like, our food gave him a heart attack and killed him or something. And he was haunting us. <laughs> that, God, that's scary. Oh. Yeah, it was weird. Like, I, I definitely hear things back there. You, like... I also find it fascinating because, like, you kind of, us ourselves kind of project our own fears and, like, kind of make up these stories as we go, like, kind of, what am I trying to say here? Like, kind of trying to say that, so, for example, when I was uh, sleeping at home alone, I had the the hallway light on, so, like, I wouldn't stub my toe when I get up to pee in the middle of the night, Mm -hmm. but, like, when I laid to my side, the mirror... Uh, that would like uh, the dresser mirror would face the mirror that's on the door, and it would like show into the hallway. And I immediately just started thinking, like, what if just like this shadow just passed as I'm looking yeah. at the mirror, like you know? And that's uh-huh. all I could think about, so I couldn't sleep. So yeah. I don't know. I feel like half that stuff and kind of like our imagination goes wild. We spook I think ourselves. so. We scare yeah. ourselves. When I I only lived by myself for like three or four months uh when i moved to erie i uh i had that big apartment and the walls were really thin so and and my bedroom was right above the hallway so i would hear everyone's doors slam and i'd hear them like unlock their doors and stuff and it sounded like someone was trying to enter my apartment so it took me forever to like just be able to sleep normally there because i always thought people were coming into my apartment when i was sleeping that would freak me out even like i stay at my house I I just bought and it's a little bit of an older house and when I'm here alone like an old house creaks and makes noise mm-hmm. so I'll just be like sitting ah, ah. <laughs> sitting alone in my basement uh, recording a podcast in the dark like <laughs> here's spooky sounds man it's yeah scary. a ghost is gonna come out of the wall and be like your podcast isn't gonna give away our secret Sam they're gonna murder you ah! like <laughs> I was like, I was going to the bathroom one time, and the vents make like a really weird noise. I swear, it sounds like something. Like, I, I think I messaged like our group chat one time. It says like, there's a there's a troll living in my basement. I swear, because it sounded <laughs> like metal was like banging against each other as I was just in the bathroom. Like, what what is going on? It was just so bizarre, <laughs> just weird. <laughs> that sucks. When I lived in that townhouse in Erie, if it got too windy outside, uh, the attic, like the attic had like a very small hole that like only a small person could fit through. And it was covered by a tiny little piece of plywood. So you would just hear it clanking and banging when when it was like (laughs) raining really heavy out. The first time that happened, that creeped me. One thing that really scared the shit out of me was uh, at two in the morning, um, Two things actually. This both happened in the same house. There, One, uh, the first time the the blinds fell off of the window in the middle of the night and woke me up yeah, and creeped me out because I heard it crash. 
Um, and then the second time, my Roomba went off at like 2 a.m. And I didn't set it to go off. So I don't know why. Like I had that thing scheduled to go like Monday, Wednesday, Friday from like 10 to like 10 a.m. It would go clean the house. And it's 2 a.m. And all of a sudden I hear the thing just banging up against the stools for my kitchen table. And that's all I hear is just a bunch of metal banging around downstairs. And I like locked my bedroom door and I'm just like, what is going on down there? And finally I worked up the guts to like go downstairs and well, actually, so I, I started to hear like the whir and I'm just like, okay, there's just that constant whirring noise. I'm like, I bet you that's the Roomba. So I go downstairs and turn off. It's the Roomba. But I was just like, I was freaked out. I didn't know what to do. Yeah. Your, <laughs> I, your mind always ends up playing, playing more tricks on you. Like mm-hmm. you freak yourself out more than what it actually ever is. Like I have my water softener at the recharge at two in the two in the morning. Yeah. And I like forget about it sometimes. And so like if I wake up around there, I'll just hear and I was just like, uh, uh, like just, <laughs> just, the, just the water softener. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. So today we're going to talk about the Fusion reactor in China. The the Chinese commies beat us again. Yeah, I don't know what we're going to be talking about here, but I'll let you uh, go ahead and just <laughs> spit some knowledge here, Kevin. <laughs> All right, so I think it was like last week um, at the Experimental Advanced Superconducting, Superconducting Tokamak in uh, uh, Hefei at the Institute of Plasma Physics in Hefei. Uh, they made a fusion reactor go uh, get really hot, hotter than the sun, uh, for 120 seconds. That's wild. How, I know. How hot is that then? So the sun is 15 million degrees Celsius, and they got it up to like 160 degrees Celsius for 20 seconds. And then they got it to the temperature of the sun for the two minutes. So like in the, within the two minutes, it got up to 160 million celsius and then for the rest of it was as hot as the sun yeah i kind of want to like kind of looking around trying to find find out more about this because i thought it was interesting and you can't really find much uh, like a google search other than websites like i've never heard of before yeah but like this one i'm reading on like um popular mechanics basically said that uh, the white hot plasma can reach 100 million degrees fahrenheit or more and I guess that's that's all I got. But what what contain like what what contains like what 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 kind of material do you need to like contain that energy? You yeah, know, man. like I feel like anything that would come in contact that would just melt. I know it's. I think it is a magnetic field that contains it. So like I don't know what the actual tokamak thing is made out of. I mean, it's made out of magnetic materials, so metal. Um, but I don't know what kind of metal it's made out of. And essentially, like, it looks like a, a big circle with a pole through the middle. And then the magnetic field it makes is like a donut. And then the sun, the heat is inside the donut. So I think it's magnet, a magnetic field around the plasma. So it's just floating energy. Yeah. That is like some Star Trek shit. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. I think that's really cool. And yeah, I don't know. The article I read said that we are still decades away from being able to use this as like a viable option to power our countries or whatever Mm -hmm. but i mean that would completely 
you wouldn't need solar power you wouldn't need wind or hydro you know or nuclear you could just use this fusion reactor stuff yeah i since i'm a stellar researcher and i go to wikipedia to kind of <laughs> read about this kind of stuff uh i was reading about like fusion power talking about like how uh it's like a better it it will in the future be more like a better alternative to because we use fission for our like nuclear energy right now mm -hmm. and overall they kind of make it sound like that with f like fusion would cause like uh less um nuclear nuclear waste at, which is like the biggest plus and mm -hmm. actually i believe they said like it would actually produce more energy than um just fission alone sure yeah doesn't so, nuclear fusion have to be like super super cold or something i i think doesn't it just it takes a lot of like uh because they need like a like a super collider like thing don't they in order for it to happen because don't they need to um basically just knock these particles together this is this is the yeah, wonders of like, our research here people so, like yeah, so they like spin around in the reactor really really fast and it almost creates like a what do you call it like a the the I learned this in chemistry. Those bonds, like when you put two elements together, was it like covalent bond or something like that? I, I almost think of it as like a metal alloy. So like a metal alloy is two different types of metal put together and becoming one type of alloy. And so that's essentially what this does to create the plasma is it's running it around really quickly and then it changes composition almost. Like it just becomes a new molecule and that creates the plasma and that's the energy. I mean that's what like I mean that's how the sun operates is like exactly it's, it's, the sun's a big fusion reactor basically yeah yeah and that's what they're trying to do to it they're trying to make a sun on Earth we, we have harnessed the power of the sun on <laughs> Earth I mean I wonder what that what kind of consequences that has like globally or like just for the future of humanity like it, I mean if you could create a sun on Earth couldn't you essentially live without the sun then I. <sighs> I don't think so. Because... Uh, I mean, I guess it wouldn't be warm. Like, if you created the sun on Earth, like, you would only have it in, like, one area. That's you know true. What I'm talking about? Well, and the, the sun is huge. The, the sun is huge. Like, but if you connect it to a power grid, and you can power, like, heat... I don't know how you would, like, grow plants and stuff. We, yeah, they need the sun. The sun, is would, the, the, the sun is the only reason we have life on Earth. Would we just be, like, living in, like like little mars colony like things with like greenhouses and stuff or we live on that train from snowpiercer yeah <laughs> we would just we would all just live in domes yeah biodomes uh could we, we do it no i don't think what do you so. think would happen to the water on earth if we didn't have a sun well, Probably wouldn't evaporate. Every, everything would freeze yeah that's true it would freeze everything would freeze without the sun but if we oh. had those fusion reactors couldn't we just heat it up and make a big plumbing system. I feel like you'd have to like basically live inside a big building. We need work. We need to construct a Dyson sphere around the sun and harness its energy. Instead of building the sun on Earth, we just need to build a Dyson sphere and harness its energy for all the good of humanity. Actually, yeah. just for the United States. And that's it. <laughs> well, yeah. Else. I guess we want to talk about like consequences of for humanity or like politics. I mean, I don't know, like basically, you know, a lot of people think the only reason we're like at war is because we want to uh, keep all the oil or whatever, war for oil, you know, in the Middle East. So you essentially wouldn't need that anymore. So like, would we, do you think we'd become more peaceful or do you think we'd become more isolated? 
I think the politics with nuclear energy is so tricky because, especially in the United States, it seems like nuclear energy is becoming kind of like, especially in like left-wing circles, like a taboo subject. Like they don't even touch like as an option. Like people are freaked out because they hear, like they remember like the Fukushima incident yeah. or like Three Mile Island or even Chernobyl in the Soviet Union. Like yeah. that's, that's when they think nuclear energy, they think that. But in reality, nuclear energy is like, the most clean energy you can get. It has absolutely yeah. zero emissions. It's just and kind of like what you do with like the nuclear waste that it produces that you got to yeah. kind of figure it out. And I, I've heard that they have developed ways to like uh, recycle it or like okay. re like reuse that energy or that waste. I could be wrong, but I, I I feel like the technology with nuclear reactors has gotten better and safer. It's just that we don't we don't really put that much effort into like upgrading our systems. Because, like, nuclear energy is kind of just a taboo subject, I guess. Yeah, I think the, the West... So there isn't a market for it in the West. Like, the West, is, like you were saying, I think that we do kind of feel taboo about nuclear energy over there in Asia. I actually... I went to a... Uh, um, I listened to some guy read his dissertation about, like, nuclear fusion cores or whatever, nuclear cores production, which is done mostly in China, Japan, and Korea. Mm. And... He was saying like that they're basically just competing with each other to build the best nuclear facilities. So even though you had Fukushima, Japan's not as scared about of nuclear energy as America is, you know, because it's kind of part of their national identity. Where our identity is fossil fuel. Yeah, very true. Oil is huge. Yeah, natural mm-hmm. gas, oil, coal. Like, dude, I bet you a good twenty five percent of conservatives would give a free hand job to a coal miner. <laughs> Yeah, I, 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 I don't know. I, I feel like nuclear energy is a viable option to get away from fossil fuels that we just won't touch. Exactly. And so, like, we're, uh, we're opting to instead use natural gas, which does produce like fewer emissions, but it's still a fossil fuel. Mm-hmm. It's still we causing doing it forever. Yeah, and eventually we're gonna have to transition. And I don't think that wind and solar and maybe hydrogen will like play a bigger role. Are gonna be able to do it alone. So we're gonna need other options for uh energy and i think nuclear is a viable option but we just don't we just don't want to talk about it we don't want to accept it as uh you know a possibility in my opinion it's just that's what it seems like we don't we don't talk about it yeah i think nuclear energy is way more regulated as well so that makes it tough like it's a it's a really big barrier to entry i guess because like if you make coffee in a nuclear facility that those coffee grounds, the spent grounds, become nuclear waste. Interesting. Yeah, I, I suppose it does. It doesn't help that we've had uh, Homer Simpson work at, you know, <laughs> a nuclear power plant for how many years now, yeah. and that probably doesn't help. Yeah, the nuclear people. Nuclear power is evil. It's Mr. Burns. <laughs> a bunch of dopes. <laughs> I I think another like the biggest problem is people hear nuclear and they immediately think like nuclear weapons. Yeah. And so that's and obviously when you have like tr- like horrible tragedies like Chernobyl that happened that was mm-hmm. I, if I, if I remember reading about Chernobyl right Europe got extremely lucky that the wind was blowing a certain way otherwise that radioactive material would have like blown all over Europe yeah I mean it it totally like destroyed like Chernobyl Pripyat and like contaminated a big part of like Ukraine and Belarus and I think it ended up killing I don't know how many people too many. Because 
you know, it was a problem that, you know, I think, I believe the scientists and engineers had known about, but the government didn't do anything about it. Mm -hmm. You know, it it, could have been avoided and it wasn't, but it could have, like, I think it could have been a lot worse, but people see like stuff like that. And like, they see, um, kind of like how, uh, the miniseries Chernobyl, I was portrayed and it scares people, I think. Yeah. I saw a comment one time when I was watching the trailer for Chernobyl on, on YouTube, and they were like, the scariest thing is real life. Nothing scarier than real life. <laughs> it's, it's true, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, I guess it, we had Three three Mile Island over here, too, in the United yeah. States. I don't think... It, did anyone die from that? I don't think so. Um, I'm not sure. I just know... Like, I know that's something people talk about when you talk nukes. Yeah, I remember I watched like a documentary or something on nuclear energy and they said that people got exposed to like equivalent of like a chest x chest x-ray of radiation because of like the incident mm-hmm. i actually pulled up i have it on three mile island accident on wikipedia of course um but i found out about the international nuclear event scale yeah which is basically i had just found out about this like it basically rates like how bad the incident is from like zero to seven seven being the worst and yeah. three mile island ranked a number five which is considered an accident with wider consequences oh it says according to this impact on people and environment limited release of radioactive material likely to require implementation of some planned countermeasures several deaths from radiation uh it just basically talks about usually includes severe damage to reactor core, release of large quantities of radioactive material within the installation with a high probability of significant public exposure. We've gotten better with like technology. Like we're we're smarter than we were in like the nineteen seventies. Yeah. You would you would think. Well yeah, and, and I kinda wonder how many people have like died like mining for coal or in some sort of like oil rig accident or you know, it, not to say like I don't know. I don't want it to diminish you know the lives lost due to nuclear accidents or whatever but i wonder if it's more lives lost than with with like our traditional fossil fuels you know right yeah as technology gets better and we better understand like how science works i feel like it, it it becomes that much safer to do and becomes an actual if we want to reach that carbon neutral status and we want to be you know good stewards of stewards of the earth i guess I think nuclear is an option we need to take, even though it is technically man-made and causes nuclear waste. But we can be responsible, yeah, as long as we, you know, take the steps, actual steps needed, like hold, you know, people accountable if mistakes are made. For sure. But yeah, I kind I want to know, like, if this reactor, this fusion reactor stuff, like, if we create a sun on Earth, what kind of power that would bring to the country that owns? the the production you know because like with american like international politics or foreign policy if when we we became energy independent because of all the fracking so we can produce all the stuff we need like we're an energy independent country from what i read that makes it so that we become more isolationist and we you know we don't need to really care about the Middle East anymore. Like, I almost wonder if we didn't become energy independent, do you think we would have taken the stand against Yemen? The the war on Yemen that they're waging? I don't know. You know, it's, it's kind of a, it's a weird subject. Cause I, and, and, and if you think like, like if this were to ha- have happened in Europe and like Europe 
was able to produce all this energy, they can just shut off all the the energy pipeline that goes from you know Russia into Europe. I I don't think I think capitalism would get in the way of that. Like they just sell the energy. Well, no, I'm just saying like if you become that isolated and disconnected or self sufficient, then that kind of just stops trade. You, you know, okay. trade with other people, and I feel like that 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 wouldn't happen under you know the capitalist masterclass they need all those consumers around the world yeah but they can i know i i get they can sell like food and stuff there's still going to be trade i suppose just not the oil trade i mean if we i think if we really wanted to we could create because i i have heard once and i don't know if this is 100 percent accurate so people at me if you want if i'm wrong but they said that if you could go to like parts of like uh the sahara desert like in africa and set up like um enough like wind wind farms and like solar panels to like power both the continent of africa and europe i believe they were saying and just you know do that but they won't because of like you know that that takes you know the cost yeah the cost and it takes like profits away from like how we already do energy right now honestly that sounds like a good idea like why don't we just have like a like a world cooperative of like energy of like clean energy and then we just like make Energy is free for everybody. Energy, yeah, energy is free for everybody to use. Yeah, because I would say that Saharan African thing, you know, the Sahara Desert. I, how many independent nations are you know within the desert, or you know how many independent nations have the, the desert within their borders, and you'd have to go in there and like colonize them almost again, and and take away their resource because the desert then is their resource. So it's really up to them to do it. And sure, you know our our countries can't go in there and do it. That's why I think, like, I mean, if Europe became energy independent, like the supply lines would shut off because Europe's energy dependency on the Middle East and Russia, you know, plays a huge role in geopolitics. Like, they need each other. Yeah, it, I think that's kind of like maybe that that is another reason like why I think geopolitically, especially with uh, uh the like getting gas and stuff from Russia, like what Europe does, is actually mm-hmm. like kind of like an old. Otto von Bismarck kind of sayings like you got to keep Russia happy and then you should be good and that was like one of those big goals that was Germany back in the 1800s but like it still kind of like applies like yeah you know you can't have a state like a nuclear state like Russia completely collapse you know and that would kind of happen if you like stopped with the oil and gas maybe they become like Pakistan then and we just give them a bunch of money every year so they don't collapse yeah <laughs> And that would remove their political power, though. That's the thing, is you could, like, totally destabilize Russia's, like, hegemony in the region, and you could tell them to fuck off when they invade Ukraine or any surrounding country, because they don't have, we don't, like, Europe isn't required to consume their energy anymore. Sure. So we could, essentially, if Europe became energy independent, as the EU and uh, NATO countries could kind of just say fuck off to russia then ukraine could possibly join nato because they don't need to worry about russia rolling their tanks in there or whatever anymore if you totally shun a country you need to at least throw money at it or something because that that just breeds nationalism and kind of the problems you see because like in eastern ukraine they're having that civil war right now and there's like russian separatists that are fighting and it's actually becoming like Mm. like uh there's a lot of like people who like are like right-wing like believers in like ideology of you know wherever they're from are actually flocking to that conflict mm-hmm. to fight in that civil war. Okay, 
so like that i mean that breeds its own like its own problems in itself i guess yeah i mean i think that's just kind of like old ussr bullshit though isn't it i don't know I, I know like estonia um they have like since they got independence have been trying to kind of marginalize russians in the russian language like i think if you want to become there's something where if you want to become like an estonian resident you have to take some test that's only offered in uh their native language so like all the russian speakers kind of get fucked yeah and uh, like all those border towns um are all just mainly russian-speaking towns yeah and so that that's where you get like see i don't understand like i understand like you want to separate your like a lot of those so like former soviet republics want to distance themselves from moscow like we're not part of this you know this union anymore you know kind of leave us alone but when you start marginalizing like people within your borders that's just gonna that's gonna cause that nationalism thing to like rise or separatist movements to rise yeah that's like you're you're kind of i don't know you just well you, i mean i kind of think just, that's we, where we'd want russia wouldn't we like because there's so many people in russia so many different populations you know there's christians and muslims and you know people with you know different ethnic and religious identities in that country so if we were able to break the kremlin's hegemony in any way to, to whatever unites that country i mean wouldn't we want them to kind of fall into that like interior strife you know yeah where these populations are fighting each other i mean so they lose even more power i suppose i mean there is like a big you know um democracy movement within russia and i think that would gain mm -hmm. like gain steam yeah yeah whatever we could do to to weaken the the kremlin basically i think is what would happen if we had energy independence in Europe. I just like the idea of that we just create these um, fusion reactors or have all this energy and it just be free for everybody. Everybody can hook up to the grid. That would be nice. I mean, I, I do think all utilities should be public because, you know, like paying a private utility company is so annoying and bullshit. And like when I was in, when I was in PA, like the conservatives passed this, this law that um, allowed you to, go to other service providers and so all these people would just start up these scam businesses where they'd come in and tell you that they're going to be your energy provider now and they're going to save you money but really all they are is like a, a middleman between you and the main energy supplier and so they would just tack on fees to your bill that's dumb like why does a power company need a stadium they, well <laughs> beyond that it's just like you got regional like monopolies anyways so like the company yeah. basically controls like the exactly. flow of yeah. energy anyways and you basically don't have that much of a say on what's going on with it mm -hmm. then with it, internet companies yeah it at least with at utility. least with internet companies at least you have a few more options but not very many yeah yeah well i i find it was the, i found that the the more open market in terms of internet providers was in smaller towns than in bigger cities. Because when I would that. go, when I moved to Chicago, Xfinity was the only company I could use. Because, and then in Erie, again, well, no, in Erie it was Charter, or Time Warner. Just them. Could only use them. Like when I finally, like when I moved out to the suburbs, I, I was able to get Verizon, but Verizon was only DSL connection. So it was just shitty connection. Like the, it's just such a terrible service. I think I have like four options here in my small town. That's crazy. I have 
two. <laughs> but luckily, one of those two is a fiber company, which is very nice. Yeah, most if not all utilities should just be free. It should be. I mean, yeah. people. I mean, internet access to information should just be universal. People should have the ability to. That's why I think we should just build Wi-Fi in like town centers. Just have people access the Wi-Fi, like have free public Wi-Fi. Yeah. Well, you have yep. like this this access to all this, like basically all the information we could ever want at the tips of our finger, and we're still just going to go on Facebook and and Instagram. But I mean, you should have that access. Like people should have that access to be able to to do that and in some in some cities they do um like treat the internet as a public utility and so basically the city lays down fiber optic connection and then you just pay a fee to get on to the internet and then you just have internet yeah and then it's harder for like rural communities to be able to do that and that's what people say like well it's going to cost as much money to like roll out all this stuff to um rural communities but it's like that's what we did with phones yeah and power, power lines yeah, and like, in some situations, sewage you, lines we, Like, it's just like, it's always an excuse not to do these things. And it's just like, I think they just don't want people to have access to the internet. They just don't. Well, I think these broadband companies just don't want to pay for it. Because they'd be the ones paying to do all that stuff. So, like, I think George Bush and Obama both did some program where they, you know, either gave them money or they tax incentive or whatever to build broadband out into rural communities so that's why like where you're at now you have so many options to internet um but i think what's gonna be the be all end all of internet is just if we had if we were able to have a solid either 5g network that's on terrestrial or whatever and so you just basically have wi-fi everywhere because that's essentially what your cell phone service is it's just wi-fi everywhere and or that starlink thing where we have satellites that broadcast internet to everybody. I think both Elon Musk and Mark Zuckerberg are trying to do some like internet bullshit and like either like with satellites out in space or like drones in the stratosphere. Like I remember years and years ago, Facebook bought this drone company that made these giant drones with huge wingspans and they could carry like 50 kilograms of weight or something. And they're basically going to get them higher than like where a commercial airplane would go, but still in the atmosphere and buzz them around the world. And that'd be a big internet connection, internet network. And that's how you would get online, which I think is a good idea. The only thing I don't like about it is it's basically a private public partnership at that point. And I don't like private public partnerships. Yeah. Too many people are scared of government control of that, but at least you can hold the government accountable. But exactly. you vote. Exactly. Well, I guess it, it's going to be harder to vote now. Since, like, you know, accountability on the private scale is just like all these big corporations, you know, turning their logo into the pride rainbow or saying Black Lives Matter when really they just want you to buy more stuff. Yeah. You know, and that that's holding, that's, that is how Americans hold corporations accountable. Like, I know it's like a huge conservative talking point that, oh, if you don't, don't support these companies you don't like, but it's like... Me not buying Coca-Cola isn't going to make Coke go out of business. You know what I mean? Like, these corporations are bigger than us. Well, you say that, like, I'm not going to go to this, you know, X store anymore. I'm going to go to this store. And both stores are owned by the same mega corporation. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Like, we don't make any difference as consumers. We're just there to consume. Unless we all just stayed home for a week and didn't spend any money. Yeah, we would have to have such... 
like the largest working class collaboration in history would have to happen where everyone across the world decides not to consume it's it's too bad we uh, all hate each other and that Is would that, never happen uh yeah it's not gonna happen i know they uh, do you remember seeing all those like stupid memes and like chain emails where it's like on july 2nd don't fill up your gas tank and someone would even say like fill, make sure to fill up your gas tank before july 2nd it's like there's no difference we're gonna go a strike on gas stations we're never gonna fucking we're not gonna fill up our gas tanks it's like either way it's, they got your money dude yeah kind of out of business that stuff kind of makes me mad too it's just like i have to go to work yeah like i have to i commute to work so i i have to fill my gas up i'm sorry exactly and by boycotting a corporation as well like let's say we did you know screw over corporation we actually got like all of their customer base to not buy from them anymore they're going to lay off workers before they change anything they are going to lay off every single worker so they can get by with the money that they have until people just start buying their stuff again mm-hmm. so product boy boycotts just don't work and it's you're, just it's, it's fantasy land if you think that's true you're just gonna hurt more people in the working class yes i know we were talking about how we hate each other but i'm all about the love baby <laughs> give me give me a hug yes i do think the, the biggest one of the biggest problems with any sort of cooperation is just this extreme individualism we have as a country it's just bred into us as americans yeah to be extremely individualistic um and then we can make it like the advent of social media and you know just staying home on your computer all the time the internet <laughs> uh has made us even more isolated from each other like yeah, people don't do anything. Millennials are like super lonely. Like m- millennials don't have as much sex as the previous generations. They don't date as much. Um, I mean, more of them live at home than uh, previous generations. Like they don't do anything. They're depressed. Yeah, <laughs> they, they have anxiety problems. Yeah, that's I, what's going on right now. Where, I, yeah, where have I heard before they say that we're more connected than ever, but we're as lonely as we've ever been kind mm-hmm. of thing? It's true. I That's the problem with, like, our individualist, like, how we think, like, in, like as an individualist society is it makes us very lonely. And then if we don't, I think we were talking about this earlier, like, if we don't, like, have a side hustle or we're not being productive or, you know, we're not trying to keep up with the Joneses or whatever then we feel like worthless and you have that now like it was bad like back in the day where like you would have like catalogs or something that show you like how the rich and famous are like living but now you have it on your phone 24 mm-hmm. 7 like you have your instagram that's just feeding you that bs all the time and so like yeah, yeah people are depressed because they don't they don't have any money uh they've seen all these like rich people all the time how they're living and they say like you know just just don't be poor man just just uh get a get a side job developing pizzas put all that money into an etf and then before you know it you'll be living like me it's just like a bunch of crypto yeah (laughs) go buy go get free shit uh go go to the free shit section on on craigslist and just try to flip free chairs and whatnot until you make money (laughs) do you know who gary v is no so Gary V is like a social media. I think he he owns this company called like it's like Vander. His name's Gary Vanderchuk or something. He's 
I don't know. He's like a motivational speaker, but then he owns a company that's, I think it's like a marketing company or something. And he started off by selling wine online. That's kind of how he made his money. And so he, he's the rise and grind type of guy. And he's like, you know what? Just go online right now. Go to Craigslist. Go to Facebook Marketplace. Go to the free section. Find something for free. Lug it home on the bus and relist it on Facebook for 20 bucks. There you go. You just made money. And so I'm like, you know what? I'm going to test this. And I went onto the free section on Craigslist, and literally the only thing on there was a pile of dirt. <laughs> Where? In uh, Erie somewhere. It just said free dirt. You think it's still there? Probably. Right, you got right. a shovel and a pickup? Let's go get the dirt. <laughs> all right, man. I'm down. I need some free dirt, actually. It's a good God. deal. And I think it was like, it wasn't even like planting dirt or anything. It was just like someone dug up a hole to like put a building on their property or something. And so there's just a bunch of dirt there. I suppose if you really wanted to hustle, you could go to like a college town at the end of the year where all the students are moving out, pick up all the furniture and resell it on Facebook marketplace. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, I think it's, I think it's possible to do that stuff. Like you could make a quick buck. Don't get me wrong, but like, I don't think you're going to make a career of it. Uh, no, you know what I mean, I, I, I side hustle stuff. I just don't, I don't get, I guess that's what I we're know. doing, but we don't make any money. Yeah, we're doing a hobby right now. Yeah, we're 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 just venting. We're talking. That's yeah. it. But I I don't know. We're we're so far off the fusion reactor thing right now. <laughs> so so it's a variety far show. All utilities and energy should just be free. That's the end of that subject. That's it. Yeah, I I definitely think there should be some basic standard of living i mean that that was the whole like second bill of rights that fdr had is that that everyone deserves a a home a job socialist (laughs) you know all that stuff i mean even like in libya you know we all are conditioned to think that was just like some cruel country run by a cruel dictator or whatever if you had a baby and you had a new family you got a free apartment it's really not that expensive and that's the thing these people think it's so expensive but it's like no it's not expensive for us it's expensive for people who own buildings. Like your the houses in Seattle or wherever you live are probably going to be devalued if the government comes in and starts building housing for people. Mm-hmm. So it's those rich people who own who bought everything so that the prices would go up. Those are the ones who it's going to cost. It's going to cost them and we don't need to care about them. Didn't, didn't like Wall Street like they like crashed the housing market in 08 and then they turned around and bought all the foreclosed homes. That's happening again. Yeah. So That's happening right now at a bigger scale too. And they do the most disgusting shit. Like the first thing, the first time I heard about this was on a Vice News uh, um, program. Like he's riled up. He's riled yeah. up. <laughs> it was like years ago, and and these guys. So basically, what happened when like you know how Detroit went bankrupt? Yep. It like. So, okay, I, I'm I'm explaining this like dog shit, but basically, so Detroit is in, um, I think it's called Dearborn County. The state or the the county once Detroit went bankrupt, the county had to assume all of like these properties that were in default, and all these people were bankrupt, and so the county assumed like ownership of these lots of land where these like working class folks owned a home they at least owned a home there was a modest home they owned it 
they paid the mortgage on it until they couldn't, unfortunately. And so it went bankrupt. And like this, the county had to buy it. Like the county had, had pr- the property for some reason. And so the county would run these auctions where rich people, because uh, there are still a shit ton of rich people in, in near Detroit, they, uh, they would just go online and they'd buy all these homes. And then they'd go to the pe- person's homes the next day and go, I own your home now. This is how much rent's going to be. You can pay it to me. That's insane. I don't it like that. Insane. It is insane. Yeah. yeah. That's happening right now. And so like well, once they, once they li- like the reason why houses are so fucking expensive right now is because these huge capital or these huge uh, private equity companies are like p- people that like Mitt Romney worked for are coming in and buying up these homes, these single family homes, and they're renting them back out to the people who are foreclosed on. So once this foreclosure uh, or the uh, moratorium on foreclosures and evictions is raised, it's going to get like really, really bad. We're going to see such a loss of wealth within the working class when that happens. It's just going to get all sucked up by equity companies mm-hmm. and everyone's going to be renting for the rest of their fucking lives. Yeah. I mean, I think I was listening to NPR one time. I know NPR. I'm a lib. But uh, the CEO of Redfin was on and it was talking about how owning a home is just going to become a luxury item. For sure. It's not going to become like, you know, what what most people would even like. The, the American dream is you own a house and that's how you build your wealth. Yes. And it should be accessible to everybody. But it's just not going to be the case anymore. It's going to literally just be if you own a home, then it's going to be considered a luxury item and you're going to be lucky to own it. Because it's mm-hmm. just gonna, you're just gonna be renting the rest of your life. Exactly. I feel like right now the only reason to buy a house is to rent it out. And if I had enough money to buy a home, I feel like it would be stupid to buy that home because I don't think it's gonna go up in value. Like I think right, like if I were to rent a home today, around here, median house price is six hundred to seven hundred thousand mm-hmm. dollars. So if I bought a six hundred thousand dollar home, and granted, this is if I had a thirty year mortgage and like no down payment. I would pay like over $1.3 million over the course of that mortgage. Do you think I'm going to be able to sell that $600,000 house for over $1.3 million? I Probably don't think not. so. I don't think so. And so it would only make sense for me to rent that house out. That I mean, that's another thing. Like when you think about it, like between like rich people and poor people is that poor people end up paying more for something over time anyways. Mm-hmm. Because they pay interest for the loan they're taking out. Now, if I had cash to pay it outright, I'd be paying less for it. Mm-hmm. Pay for it all up front. So, mm-hmm. yeah, fusion reactors, man. So I'm I need fusion reactors because if if I I I mean, if you really think about it, if we had AI and free energy, nothing should cost anything. Like the base price for everything is resources, like commodities, and labor. That's the base cost for everything. Like they say, oh, when fuel prices go up, like, oh, all your commodities and everything's higher because there's bigger transportation costs and blah, blah, blah. So if we could get rid of the cost associated with energy extraction and um, and labor hours, it should be free. Like we could do everything. Yeah, that sounds nice until the AI decides that we're a threat to its existence. <laughs> Yeah, and takes the first step. That's true. That's true. I also I don't think I'd like AI like trying to divvy out like food in the most efficient way possible or something. AI, AI freaks me out. I don't even I don't even know much more about it, but it just freaks me out whenever I read about it. 
I don't need some computer getting smarter. We only like dumb computers on this podcast. <laughs> yes. Pre yeah. pre two thousand eight, preferably. Bring it back. Yeah. Give me my Moto Razor. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I that housing thing just really heats me up. I'm hot around the collar about housing right now. Like basically, you have just a ton of your cohorts are just sitting there waiting for the market to crash. Otherwise, they just got to rent until that happens. Yeah. And it's stupid. Like the only, I, I, I feel like the only way I'd buy a house right now is if I could just like go buy one in the middle of nowhere that's cheap as shit and I could pay for it outright. And that's like the only hope I have for home ownership. Yeah. I mean, I just bought my house and I'm kind of afraid once, I feel like I paid too much for it, but I really didn't have a choice. Like, cause the, the housing market even here is just ridiculous. Like mm-hmm. we we got lucky that we even got in here. I think we did pay a fair price for it, but I'm just worried that once the market does tank, I'm going to lose out on a lot of equity. Like mm-hmm. I, I'm just going to be basically in the hole at that point. But at least I have a roof over my head and it's mine. Yeah. Yeah, that's the thing. Like the biggest benefit I see to owning a house is just that sense of like um this is my home now. Like this is where I'm going to be. Like you don't mm-hmm. have to like like for me for example like I live in an apartment and I'm like are they gonna raise the rent on me so high next month or next year that I'm gonna have to move away like yeah. I have to deal with that fucking hassle again that is they're gonna nice. raise rent because like your your fixed payment it's never gonna change unless like you know they raise property taxes but um my payment's always gonna be the same for my exactly. my mortgage yeah yeah I yeah. get nickel and dime for everything here it's insane. 30-year loan. <laughs> yeah, dude. I And that's another thing, too, about homeownership for me is just, like, by the time I'm done paying for that house, I'm going to be old. Like, I'm going to be really old. It's going to carry me into retirement. Like, that payment could potentially carry into retirement for me. Is that normal? Like, are we supposed to be paying mortgages while we're retired? My, that, I, my, I guess my, my loan length... 30 years is longer than I am of age right now. Yeah. Not by, not by much. I am turning 30 this year. Yay. But like, <laughs> what? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, realistically for me to buy a home it would probably happen in like five to seven years. So by the time I would be done paying that home off, I would be like 60 something. Don't even, just don't even think about it. And I want to retire when I'm like 50. So it's like, am I going to really be paying for a mortgage for 17 years? Well, I, I hate to break it to you, Kevin, but you and I, we ain't going to retire. <laughs> that's true. That's, you should, that's a big you should, you should get that out of your head right now. You're, yeah. you ain't reti- you're, you're going to stop Wait working full time and you're going to, you're going to work part time as you collect social security. Yeah. If Worry that's about paying a mortgage? Worried about paying your mortgage when you're in retirement? Don't worry. You'll just be working still. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Let's just get rid of retirement. That's, that's what the hustle culture is going to turn into. The never retire culture. That's what's going to happen. Just keep working. You get to see young people and oh, yeah. keep working. <laughs> Dude, 70's the new 30, so I don't know why you're not out there right now. Oh, my God. Social Security is going to get pushed to 90. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> sweet man. Oh, God. we live in a hellscape. 
<laughs> yeah, I hope you didn't feel good before you turn this podcast on. <laughs> oh, it's. I mean, if our listeners are our age, they probably didn't. Because <laughs> I know I didn't. Yeah. <laughs> For sure. But yeah, I don't know. It's I don't know. Home ownership. It just seems like I've I've been hearing a lot of people talk about those like um, kit homes. You know what those are? Yes. Like, like they, you basically built like they come in parts and you like build them. Yeah, slap them together like a shed yeah. almost. Yeah. Um, but they're more substantial. Um, uh, and you can get one like a, you can get a kit home that's like a one. It's like two stories. Then the bottom story is your garage. And the top story is like a bedroom, like a studio apartment, essentially, for eighteen grand. Mm. So, like, I guess if we kind of rethink homes, and you know, you don't want to live in the big McMansion and blah blah blah. Maybe that would work for you. But imagine raising a family in a tiny home. Yeah, it it wouldn't so work. It's like that's. It just seems like everything's so out of reach. I I, like, I can also year. see like the tiny home thing just becoming like they because they're like custom built. Mm-hmm. Uh, that they just decide that oh those are going to be the same price as a regular house anyways, <laughs> yeah. you know it's just something stupid like that. Yeah. I could just see that happening. Yeah, but I don't know. Maybe you just buy a couple of kit homes, put it on a plot of land, and there you go. You got your three bedroom house. We have a commune. We can start a commune. That's all it is. It's just three bedrooms. <laughs> um, but we should be doing. We should. You should just move back up here, and we. Uh, well, over here, I guess, which both north, but we just start, we buy a plot of land out in the middle of nowhere and we just start growing our own food and start a commune. Yeah. I'm further north than you, Sam. Get, get owned. Um, <laughs> I'm not even jealous. I'm not. Um, but, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, you know, here's, here's what I think. And th- I actually am an advocate for this, like no joke whatsoever. We should buy old churches because people are becoming less religious. And so churches don't have a f- utility anymore. So you could turn churches into homes because there's so many beautiful churches. And think about a church, like a church has got, you know, in some cases they have bedrooms or they have classrooms that you could easily turn into a bedroom. They mm-hmm. have all the showering facilities and, you know, toilets and whatever. They got great kitchens and they have huge areas to like congregate. So you'd have big ass rooms. Like, and you'd probably have like a projector screen. Like, you could turn that thing into like the coolest house ever. Like, you could have a movie theater in your house so easily with a church. There's a, a town over from me has a church that's been refitted into a home. Yeah. And my uh my sister went to school in Wisconsin and uh she had friends who lived in a church home. Like they they re- they turned the church into like a rental property. I think, that, I think that's a good idea. Isn't there a church home where you're at um the city where I went to school? <laughs> Isn't there a church home there like over by yeah, kind of by Taco so. John's? There might be. I think I don't I've know. Passed it before. I think it's a church home. But, but there yeah, I mean, I mean, it's a good tr- idea. Churches are beautiful. Like you could have a beautiful home. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like people would. Well, I mean, as the times change, and that's do you want? Silly. Do you want a stained glass crucifix in your house? <laughs> yeah. No, that, I, I, I think how pretty that would be. You wake up every morning, that stained glass, the sun's just coming through it. 
you'll feel <laughs> feel holy as shit. Yeah. No, I, I've seen churches repurposed into like homes or um, like entertainment venues, like concert halls and stuff like that. Like there was a synagogue for sale in Erie that was actually a really good deal, I thought. And I I, I had the idea of turning into a, uh, getting an MLG team in Erie and turning it into like an MLG uh, stadium or whatever you want to call it. Because like I said, great kitchen, huge rooms and in their worship room or whatever it was like regular like like you remember when movie theaters all had the seats on the same plane like it wasn't yeah. stadium seat so that's what their seats were like so you could have a huge projector with the game going on and the team sitting up on stage and the game going on like it'd be cool like you could turn it into a little, a little event center and or or you know or a home or whatever and i don't know they're they're going to become plentiful like church, like I said, now what was it? Like a couple of months ago, there's that uh, article that was saying that less than half of all Americans are part of a congregation. Mm-hmm. So these churches are emptying out right now. Yeah, no one I, needs them. As we They're go forward, homes. <laughs> people are just going to become less religious. I think that's just how it's going to how it's going to go. Yeah, I I also floated the idea of letting um some like congregation worship out of my home so i could just still fleece on taxes <laughs> see i don't even like i don't know how you bash capitalism you think like a capitalist all the time you think about repurposing stuff you could turn a profit that my friend i don't know why you ain't using your yeah your head I got the capitalist bugworms in my brain all right <laughs> i may not agree with it but i grew up here you have to live in the system that you were born in <laughs> I'm just thinking about myself and my family. Yeah. But, but yeah, I, yeah, housing, I don't know. In my, for me, is not good right now. And I'm hoping, I hope that changes. And, you know, the only thing that, that I have seen that makes sense to look forward to when it comes to housing market for people who haven't bought a home yet is we either have to wait for all the baby boomers to die. Or another huge market crash. And, and like, cross your fingers, you don't lose your income during that crash. Right. And that's terrible. Like, that, is, that should not be, like, a viable option. Like, that is my best option. The best option for our generation is to wait until they're, basically, wait until their parents or grandparents die or the housing crash happens and they don't lose their jobs. It, yeah. That's, that's, it, how, that's home affordability. It's just, like, kind of, like, how ridiculous, like, the cycle is because... What we see like a market crash now, probably every 10 years now, it's going to happen. Like, mm-hmm. how is that sustainable? It's like, I guarantee you when, when we do decide to quote unquote retire, and by retire mean work part time instead of full time, we're going to like try and cash out our 401ks. Oops, the market just crashed. Guess what that happened? You're going to have to work another 10 years. Yeah, that scares me so much. Just knowing that like my whole future post work is just dependent on how corporations do how well they do <laughs> i don't know i kind of feel like i should just once you get to that age you just cash that whole thing out i own it yeah, but then you get charged for like income like you made like let's say it's worth of two million dollars your income for that year is two million dollars and the government gets their dirty mitts all over it that is true <laughs> taxation is theft right <laughs> i've heard you're supposed to move it into bonds i well I think like I, I'm in like a target fund and so it like gradually just moves it into bonds like the closer you get to like the retirement target or whatever. Mm-hmm. 
so it becomes safer. I don't know. You just won't, I mean, you won't gain as much, um, as big of a return each year. Yeah. Which is fine, as long as it's stable. Actually, I'm just going to roll it all into Bitcoin. Do it. <laughs> Do it. Dude, I can't imagine those guys who, like, oh. through all this, like, I'm just going to change subjects again. But through all this, like, meme stock bullshit, like, all those people who talk about how they, like, dumped a hundred grand into it and just, like, sold when it dipped hard. Yeah, they YOLO into this shit. How do you, how does, how do people do that? Like, do you think that's real? Are those people being honest or is it just, like, a big laugh? Like, they're just trying to get likes. I mean, some people, like, screenshot their, like, the stuff and they post it. Like, I was on the Wall Street Bets Reddit page and one guy talked about how he, GameStop took a dip again, and this wasn't even that long ago. He said he took the equity out of the house that they just sold and put it all into GameStop, and he didn't tell his wife. <laughs> and he, he said, I hope like this turns around soon, or I'm going to have to explain why we're looking for like uh, at homeless shelters instead of a new house. And the first comment was so perfect. It said something like, how do I short a marriage? <laughs> <laughs> like is that true like why would you ever do that like if i found out like my partner like ever did something like that i'd be like what i know like you did, did you, what yeah i mean yeah how how is <laughs> how do you marry somebody without like having your finances in order as well yeah like, I, you should you know, let, let's turn this into just a little bit of marriage advice. <laughs> before neither you get married, married, neither of us are married, by the way. Yeah, before you get married, you should talk about finances, children, and where you're going to live. Boom, figure those out. You're fine. Just be happy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow, jeez. Yeah, dude. Just be happy. Yeah, I don't know how people just like yolo into that kind of stuff. It, it's literally like gambling. Mm-hmm. That's all they it must is. Have a disease. Because I, I feel like stocks for a lot of retail investors is literally just gambling. Yeah, I, and I think they're really susceptible to FOMO or whatever. Because mm-hmm. like I got I got FOMO. Well, I actually got FOMO on freaking AMC because I sold it like after I had turned like a ten dollar profit, and now I could have <laughs> made like six hundred bucks. But whatever. Um, but. Uh, I remember uh, my last company I worked for, their share price was at like two bucks a share. And I got a, I got t- my tax return. So I had $5,000 on me. And I could have either put $5,000 into that company or I could pay off one of my student debt, my student loans. So I paid off the student loan for five grand. That share price went up to $19 like two months later. Yeah. And I could have made, I could have probably paid off all of my student loans. Could <laughs> if sure I would have done that. Have. But the safest thing to do, the, your your best guarantee for you know not paying more debt is to pay your debt off. You know your interest payment. You wouldn't be paying as much interest. You know, so that was the safest thing I did. Disclaimer: We are not financial advisors. Do your own research, or marriage and, counselors. Yeah, or marriage counselors. <laughs> Probably don't take our advice in anything, because like I have said in the past, we're not financial advisor advisors, we're financial disasters. <laughs> yeah. But I dude, I don't know. I last year I made a lot of money retail investing when the market crashed and I just I, I, I'm down to one. 
I kind of just like sold a bunch of stuff and I ended up paying off a lot of I had some like other debts and stuff with it and then like beefing up my savings. I have actually a good savings now and I just I have the one left. I'm going to let that ride. And then once I'm done with that, I'm just going to be done with like retail investing. Just it's 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 almost becoming like a habit. Like Mm, I just look at my phone all the time. Just need to stop. Yeah. Yeah. I'm done retail investing as well. Cause I have that brokerage or whatever that I have my retirement yeah. with. So I'm just kind of like, why am I wasting money on this retail investment app when I could just be giving money to my brokerage people who I pay to make money for me, you know? Yeah. So I don't know. And then right now we're just kind of going back to paying off debt and stuff so we can really start saving it. Once we pay off all of our debt, like I think, I mean, that's a huge, obviously like it's, it's pretty common knowledge that student loan debt is just a bane of our existence as millennials mm-hmm. um like no matter what it, it it'll affect you in some way even if you didn't go to college it'll most likely affect you in some way you know whether you marry somebody who has it or whatever you're yeah, trying to sell par- your house my, and you can't i don't have student debt but my partner has a lot of student debt yeah so like i paid off mine thankfully but now we're paying off my partners and uh it's just so annoying because like when i think about it like the amount of money i spend I'm going to be spending on debt could have paid for a house, you know? So basically like where previous generations were able to start upon graduation, I am now seven years out of school and I'm not even there yet, you know? And just like, it just, that just puts you behind so bad. Well, it also restricts your like, um, financial mobility. Like you're kind of just stuck where you're at. Mm-hmm. unless i just want more debt unless i want to be like my entire paycheck is just going to payments you know and i don't want that <laughs> yeah that's so, horrible that's a dangerous situation yeah so i don't you're screwed we're screwed <laughs> screwed for life we're <laughs> you're never gonna amount to anything the market won't allow it <laughs> i just follow the invisible hand and it will guide me to my financial future of wealth and <laughs> yeah i don't know we'll, we'll see what happens hopefully you know things will churn loose here i guess i had a thought now i'm thinking about the invisible hand that we like live in this future even worse capitalist hellscape and next to the statue of liberty we construct this just statue of a hand <laughs> and we worship it because it, it represents the invisible hand of the market as yeah. it guides us to our our yeah. future of just endless growth and wealth yeah, it's a hand like gripping uh, those candlesticks or whatever, like the candlestick. Oh, yeah, from the stock charts. <laughs> yeah, the stock charts. <laughs> Just wrap, like wrapped around it, the arm and the hand. <laughs> Up and down. Amazing. Dude, we should get that commissioned, bro. Float okay. that idea to Congress, see what happens. <laughs> I think I can get some Republicans on board. <laughs> Let's honor one of our greatest influences, Adam Smith. But um, but yeah, we've been uh, we've been going at it for a little while here. You want to wrap it up? Yeah, I suppose we were going to talk about uh, Benjamin Netanyahu, but I don't think that even needs to be discussed. Really, we don't. Yeah, we don't need to talk about him. That's kind of quieted down. I it's, I kind of I mean you know okay I guess just quickly he is supposed to be ousted from power because they made a new coalition government that includes some Arab uh, members of parliament, and uh, which is kind of exciting on on its face i guess but there's still a few more days before that can happen so maybe in the final hour king bb will pull through i hope not 
but again, will. I guess he's already calling fraud in the oh, election. Uh. <laughs> not not our country though, so <laughs> yeah, that's how everyone can just get out of losing their elections now. Just say it was fraud. Just ridiculous. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. I hope uh we didn't get you down. I hope we uh got you riled up actually to uh to face our life's challenges. But uh have a good night, everybody. Yeah, I know I said at me earlier, but actually don't at me.